Hello, and welcome to EQ&A. My name is Colin Parker, and I am your master of ceremonies of sorts for this show. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with music and entertainment industry professionals. These are done on a weekly forum at Loyola University of New Orleans. Today's interview is of Tariana Tank Ball of Tank of the Bangas, and also her manager, Tavia Osby. The two of them are interviewed by Billy O'Connell, and the points of conversation include things such as how they met, where they kind of grew from, and how they got to where they are now, when they knew that they needed to bring on a band, you know, the Bangas, uh, and so much more. And now, we'll cut over to that interview. Tonight, we have a very special guest. We have Tank Ball of Tank and the Bangas. And she's here with her manager, Tavia, who is uh, going to be also a wealth of information for us to chat with. So we're going to chat with them. Uh, but most importantly, I'd like you all to chat with them. Uh, so prepare your questions. We're going to do two Q&A sessions, one after we watch a video and then one in the more conventional place after we have a bit of a conversation, okay? So let's get the ring out of this microphone. Let's um, please welcome Tank Ball, and here's Tavi. Have a seat. Well, hi. Hi. Hey. It's her first time with a microphone. It's cute. That was nice. So how's it going? <laughs> Kidding. So before we start, we're going to show a video. And we thought we were going to show the uh, Tiny Desk concert that they did. But we're not going to do that. We're going to show the audition that they did for the Tiny Desk show. So let's run that now. Oh, 
could they not have given it to you? How could they not? Oh my gosh. That you want to talk about that at all? Um, a little backstory? Well, first of all, um, this, is, this is my best friend, Tavia, and she manages taking the bangers. And um, <laughs> that's a clap. Yeah. She cool. And we were not going to do it because um, if, it's, if it's not a gig half the time, we're not there. You know, we're chilling. We are... Uh, horrible procrastinators at times. So she literally had to set that up like a gig. She's like, you have to be here at seven o'clock at this school, you know? Yeah, she yeah. set it up like that. And, um, and we went there on the last day that it was submissions. And um, out of 6,000 bands, wow. they chose us. Amazing. And um, it, it's one of the most, I don't know, blessed, luckiest days of our life. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And uh, Tavi, that's like, that's management in a nutshell, right? Yeah, like it's got to happen yeah. this day at this time. You manage the whole thing, manage the difficult personalities like these. What? Uh, <laughs> Thanks a lot. And it's thankless. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. She gets she gets the her picture there and everything. And your job is just thankless, thankless job. No, no, they tell me thank you. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Um, so it's first of all, do we have any questions right now from? from y'all, because we'd love to do questions early. Yeah, Zane, go ahead. So I know that like, when y'all got that, y'all knew the ball was just going to start rolling. So after, after you guys won, and also after you guys did the time desk, what were some conversations that you guys were having about like your future? Were you guys thinking about recording like your next track, or was it more about <coughs> planning your tour, or just kind of like, what were you guys thinking? Because that's like a, just a huge step for y'all. 
Thank you. We was thinking like, what are we gonna wear on Tiny Desk? <laughs> the end. Oh, that's what we was thinking about and, and hoping, and I was honestly hoping that none of us wore the same things, uh, but, and it's so funny on the concert, if anybody notices, I'm wearing the same shirt as my piano player because, <laughs> Lord. Um, um, but uh, Bob Boylan kept telling us how much uh, life was about to change for us. He kept saying, life is really about to change for you guys. <laughs> and we, uh, I just kept saying, okay, okay, all right. But, um, but uh, Lord, he was right. And I think I realized that when I was um, probably in, at the NPRs, at the, what it was recently? It was their anniversary. Yeah. Anniversary just up in the room with, you know, amazing artists in the room with uh, Bilal and Black Thought and Robert Glasper just chilling backstage. Like, yeah, this is a uh, this 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 a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. So then, what did so? What was the strategy? What happened after you after after you won it? What did you start to put in place? What was it? Get new music made? Was it was it put together a big tour and take advantage of the new visibility? What was it? Um, after we won, I mean, the next day my emails were. Like, I was getting hundreds of emails. Yeah. Um, so Tank and the Bangers has been around for a while. Mm -hmm. So some things were already happening before the NPR mm -hmm. uh, win occurred. The tour kind of made itself, and, and mm -hmm. then we we got a booking agency, and mm -hmm. we, we got a PR agent. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's just been gone ever since then, yeah. I know, you know? So you're just satisfying demand, kind of yeah. prioritizing what has to happen, yeah. when it has to happen, and, and yeah. putting things in order. Yeah, it was kind of an overflow. Yeah. And um, some of the things that I was already working on that happened. Like before NPR, I was looking for a, a booking agency. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if everybody know this, <laughs> but uh, I, I I work with Mr. Reed Martin, who <laughs> manages Big Frida. And... and Sweet Crude and a whole bunch of other cool acts, and he goes, um, "I want I want you to talk to uh, two people that I think would be good mm -hmm. to uh, tank, take on a booking for Tanking the Bangers." Um, we were getting calls from a bunch of big agencies, but Tanking the Bangers, they're really like careful about who they let join the family. Mm -hmm. So I had a phone call with some special people. One of them is up there. Hey, man. <laughs> and um, the decision was really easy. Yeah. And um, they are one of our partners. And all these cities got to see this cool band because of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you had things going already. Yeah. I mean, I know you did. You know, one of the, I have a friend who, you know, when you were doing the weekly shows at Chikawawa, mm -hmm. like, was it Wednesday nights at Chikawawa? No, every other, uh, every other Saturday when we weren't I mean, touring, that's kind of how it was going. Just bent my ear over those shows. Like, you, no, you have to go. You have to go you, and, until, and wouldn't stop until I actually went. Because it was just like, that's the kind of fan that you, you, you know, you generate. Oh, that's awesome. It was, it was amazing. Um, the enthusiasm is huge, so I know you had things going ahead of that. Let's go back to, um, well, first of all, I should, yeah, another question. Raven. Hi. Hey. Uh, Raven, Tank, right. Tank, Raven.
they want to join your team or do you need to add somebody? I mean, you do most of the hiring. <laughs> uh, me personally, just people being themselves um, is is weird. Like I'm spiritual, so it it be all about the spirit in the way. No, like this is real honest, and in the way the conversation flow. And um, okay, for instance, the the way I put the picked the booking agency was in the sense of everybody else I spoke to, they were talking about what they did for who and they were on this, this really big agency. And before winning, I, I, I had reached out to all those people. Um, and then when I got a chance to talk to the band's agency now, when they got on the phone, it was really, how can we add? Um, and just the spirit, if you can feel like a person's spirit over the phone, you know, we kind of just clicked. And then after meeting them, it was kind of like, yeah, we, we did the right thing. Kind of, you know, mm -hmm. they were about the band and not necessarily, yeah, we did this for this big artist or we're gonna do this. And they kind of like wanted to plan ahead already. Like, we're gonna plan this and not just throw you on a bunch of stuff. and make money, kind of, like they had a care about them. And as far as anybody, if they're on stage with me, because that's who I pick, um, just a good energy, just sweet, kind, um, can know, can actually add to my life things that I don't know about certain things of music. You know, hopefully you can add to me, and uh, if I'm playing with you on stage, don't look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> Play with me, you know? Uh, um, I, like that's what we about to have our most fun. So I'm, I'm looking for somebody that's gonna have a, a lot of fun with me on stage. And, and like I said before, teach me things that, that I don't know either and be open to learn as well. Yes. Um, I'm a little starstruck right now. <laughs> but would you mind talking a little bit about your experience with slam poetry and how you incorporate that in your music? That was one of our questions. Oh. That's so great. You <laughs> put a line through that one. It's so funny because we went to a poetry slam last night and um, in our booking um, agency had like a lot of, our French had a lot of questions for me um, when we went. Um, first of all, slam changed my life. It, uh, it's amazing, it's passionate, it's powerful. I'll explain to anybody. Slam is like getting on stage, being extremely vulnerable and asking somebody to rate you on a scale of one to 10. Just get naked and let somebody freaking just judge you, just like that. And um, it started out in high school with, um, when, when a teacher of mine gave me an album with a bunch of students' names on it. I mean, their poems, I listened to it so much that I knew them, I knew their voices before I ever knew their faces. And um, we're still lifelong friends today. After that, um, they called me after the storm hit and asked me to come and slam for the team. And that's when I became a part of um, HBO's Brave New Voices. And um, after that, um, I was able to slam with the adults, Team Snow. And we won a national championship, and that's when so I wait, was wait, like, wait, it's wait, time wait, wait. to leave. Back, back up, back up, just a little bit. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe people need to understand more about about the way slam poetry is organized. That there are competition, like that. Competition. That it is always a competition. It's always a competition. Number one, number two, that there's number teams. Number two is a team. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> it's great. 
Y'all gotta go to your local slams. Like it, it goes down. It's so much to explain. Just um just look it up. Slam New Orleans on Facebook. They had a slam last night. They'll have another one coming up. You have to support them because they don't go anywhere if you don't support them. And uh and we go to these competitions where it's people from New York, Philly, London, Hawaii, everywhere, all over the world. It's it's like the Olympics for us, for nerds. It's like freaking awesome. It, and it just changes your whole world. Um you pick five judges from the crowd. They don't have to have any knowledge of poetry and they're the one that gets they're the ones that get to judge us, so it's crazy. But um since it always has changed my life and um opened me up and um I'm somebody that's very comfortable being very exposed and vulnerable in my poetry. So when I was able to um get on the stage and sing and stuff, that's when I knew that you know I could incorporate both of them um, very freely, openly, and, and I don't have to do it in just three minutes like I do with Slam. That's the difference for me. I have more time, and I needed more time. That's when I knew it was time for me to leave that world behind and, and mm. step into another one. That's a great answer. Beautiful. It's long, too. Yeah, yeah, it's good. We have time. <laughs> yes. Um, I just want to know, like, what is you guys' approach to the creative process? Because all of your songs are just so, like, intricate and so many parts. I want to know, like, is it, do you do lyrics first, or do you bring in the band, or is it simultaneously? Like, how do you guys approach that? I write all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> you lying bitch. <laughs> yes, oh, I'll write the lyrics. It'll literally start out, like, sometimes it's actual words. And sometimes it's like, and I just send it to the band of me just doing that for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And um, they'll create something to it. Or they'll be in rehearsal, just jamming out, getting ready to actually start rehearsal. And before you know it, like, ooh, it's a little song that we've created. And then everybody always pulling out their recorder. I would say if your artist always, always have your recorder, you don't know what type of magic is in your little pocket. And uh. And then later on, somebody listen to it, and you know, I'll create some actual words to it, and um, and then it's it's a song. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I've seen. Well, back when you were playing in town a bit more, um, I saw your band probably five or six times, and every time I would hear like the same songs, but performed like. What's up? It's a little different. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> so I wonder how much is that, that is spontaneous and how much is rehearsal. Um, if the song is really different, then we have probably changed it in rehearsal. And if it just sounds and feels different, that's just because, I mean, you there, you know? And if, and if you came with a friend, your friend there, and somebody else brought somebody else new, um, this energy thing is, is something serious, you know, just because it's, it's, it's like air and it's like God. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And when you're there, it's just changing up everything I feel. It's changing up what I want to say. And um, sometimes I have forgotten the entire poem and I have to make it up on the spot. And um, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> But <laughs> you, you are good at being vulnerable <laughs> on stage. We do, uh, so. and sometimes we do the show so much, we want to be inspired to each other. So we're going to change it up. You know, we change it up a lot because mm -hmm. we, we want to constantly challenge each other. Mm -hmm. That's great. Anybody else right now? I can... Yes. Hey, uh, I really love your music. I think it's so great and free and awesome. And, uh, Thank you. And I was just curious as to, like, what are some of your biggest musical Oh, biggest influences. Um, musical. Musical. Um, 
I like I like the old heads and the new, of course. I like Stevie Wonder and Layla Hathaway and Donnie Hathaway, um, the stylistics. Um, as far as the new people, I, I like um, I like trap music. I just do. It feel good. Um, <laughs> I love Kendrick Lamar. I think he's very special. I think he is very special. And of course, everybody loves the Erica Badus and the Jill Scotts and the Janelle Monets, you know, and the Bilal's and uh, the Roberts. Um, but yeah, and uh, Sarah Bareilles, Nora Jones, and Ingrid Michaelson. I, I love little folk music. And um, if anybody knows me, they know that I love Disney soundtracks. Mulan, Pocahontas, you know what I'm saying? The Prince of Egypt. Uh, these are classics. These are classics. All right, Tavi, she's like a loose cannon, right? So give me, give me your biggest challenge as a manager. What, do you, what are your biggest challenges as a manager? She's a loose cannon. Yeah, <laughs> that's your biggest challenge. Uh, uh-huh. It's the um, boys. It's not even me, it's the yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always yep. the boys. Yeah, the boys outnumber the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest challenge really is... Um, the different personalities in everybody. Um, I, I think my big, biggest challenge is really myself, you know, um, staying who I am and making sure they're okay. Um, our situation is very unique because we've been together since they started and we've, uh, some of us have known each other before. Tank and the Bangers was formed. And um, we're family, in a sense. It's not just like business for us. Um, So I would say uh, maintaining myself and working with the daily different personalities. You know, because everybody wants to be happy. As one of the band members say, I just want to have a good day. And when some people don't get what they want, you know, they day ain't good. Uh, <laughs> um, We're talking so, about weed here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so really, like, just the ups and downs of emotions. Like, I mean, people see the pictures and the videos, and but, I mean, we live in life, and we chasing a dream. And in the beginning of this, like, I wasn't making no money, you know, you got bills to pay, you know, so I would say that's my biggest challenge. Can I tell you how I met her though right quick? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I started to think that I was a curse on this young lady's life because when I met her, she had um, everything. And um, I was working at IHOP and uh, one day, she sent me a quote. She used to send um, motivational quotes before she was my friend every morning. And um, and one day she sent me one the day I quit. I said, girl, I'm so happy that you sent me that quote. I just quit IHOP. You want to go out to eat? And uh, <laughs> and that's how our, our friendship started. And um, and I and I didn't have any show. I, didn't, I, I never had a show in my life or anything before I met her. And uh, we was just walking around town and people would say, Tank, when you going to have an album out? And I used to look at her. I don't know why. And I said, when I'm going to have an album out? I don't know why I was looking at her, but I used to look at her. And she was like, we gonna, we going to make it happen. And um, our first show ever was an album release. We would go by people's house and deliver the tickets, everything. Like we did everything on the ground. We would just, you know, and... Um, before I knew it, she she lost her apartment, she lost her car, she lost her job. She was like living by her aunt, then she was living in like this little shack. And I was like, 
what did I do? Like I met her and she losing everything. But um, there's a saying that says um, that God will give you double for your trouble. And the fact that she's like stayed so consistent and still extremely positive throughout uh, losing almost everything in her life, I'm gonna. I'm so excited to be by her side as I see her gain everything back. Plus, you know what I'm saying, friend. You know. You about to get it back. Good. So you just dealt with a lot of personal stuff and you dealt with personality stuff. Yeah, right? um wow. everything else is like a learning, like a learning. I'm like I'm open to learning. So I don't like view it as like, oh, this is such an obstacle for me. Like some things, right. you know, as a human, yeah, you, oh, it's frustrating. Yep. But to me, the hardest part is what happens when taking a bang is, is not on the stage. The hardest part is maintaining who we are as people, who they are as an artist, who I am as a person working in a demanding industry, um, and how I carry myself, my character. That's the hard part to me, not actually doing the work. Right. How about beyond that? How about how about once you once you you you've you've passed you get past the sort of the, the personality stuff and the human stuff. Mm -hmm. What about zooming out a little bit and talking about the business part of it? The okay. part that not just managing what's coming in, but creating and creating a next step and understanding kind of where you're headed and what you're going what this artist is going to be yeah. in 5 years. Well, um I think in this industry, you have to have like a go get it type of mind. Um, like she said, when she went, I wasn't trying to be a, a manager. I was just like a senior in college, um, hanging out with this really talented person. Um, and everybody, I saw the demand. Everybody was like, Tank, when you gonna have a show? Tank, when you gonna have an album? Um, and one of our mutual friends did a photo shoot for Tank without Tank knowing. And he gave me some information. He said, hey, I did this photo shoot and I did it like a trade-off with this engineer, Rajmoo. Mm -hmm. And um, he'll give Tank some studio time. Wow. He told me that, and we just so happened. Me and Tank like to eat. And we just so happened to be eating. I like to eat, too. Going out and eat. And we saw Raj move, and I said, Raj, <laughs> such and such told me about this job he did. Where can we get Tank in the studio? So we went to the studio after class just about every day. Um, and we, like she said, we put out the album. We got the graphics done. I printed the albums. Uh... We package the albums. I do Tank's hair sometimes when my mama can't get to it. I do the boys' hair sometimes. I I cook for them. Yeah. I post on social media. I drive yep. in the U.S. and the U.K. <laughs> I mean, you you just have to have like this go get it yeah, attitude. Please. You can't like She's be sitting crazy. down. Yeah, there's nothing beneath you. Ooh. Yeah, nothing like. You have to you have to make the phone calls. You have to send the emails. I call it being persistent but not aggravating. I think that's a great quality to have. Um, 
but yeah, you 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 gotta go get it. At one yeah. point, we were going from like barbershop to barbershop with a guy well, with a guitar singing songs. Tank used to hate it, and I'm used to be like, "Girl, we gotta do this." You know, <laughs> we was, I we was I really I really believed ground. in what we were doing, and I'm I'm confident in myself far as like if it's there and or if God put put in like I said I'm spiritual if I I was tank talk about me losing my house and all of that is all material things that you can gain back but I was so willing to lose what was comfortable to gain something way bigger beautiful congratulations thank you thank you deserve it. Well, I'm sure there are going to be more questions from this crowd. Come on. Yes. Hey. Um, I have questions for, I guess, the both of you. Uh, as far as for Tank, how do you feel about bringing New Orleans music to a broader audience? And on the business side, how do you do the same thing um, but feel about being based in New Orleans as opposed to somewhere like me, LA or New York? Mm. Um, yeah, I never felt like we was just doing New Orleans music. So it was just so easy to just, you know, it, it's just from the heart. Um, the only time I even feel like I'm doing New Orleans music is when in the middle of a song I bounce, I, I, I bust out in the bounce beat. You know what I'm saying? All oh, the music feel like it's about to go to Lil Brad's place. And we were like, oh, we're about the second line now. But, um, but man, uh, after traveling around the world in Ayaya, you realize this place is special as hell, man. The food, uh, the people, the way we talk to each other when we don't even freaking know you, but we can have a whole conversation with you. Uh, these are the little things that you just cannot take for granted. And, and though I don't feel like I'm bringing New Orleans music all over the world, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm bringing New Orleans all over the world with me because it's in my heart. It's in my heart. Great. Tommy. Um, for me, uh, I mean, I think being behind the scenes, you could kind of do what we're doing from anywhere, you know what I mean? Um, New Orleans is such a special place, um, but there is not a bunch of organized industry here for musicians and artists. Um, which is a reason why I would like to stay here. And I'm sure my partner is on that boat as well. Um, because of that, like we wanna be a space where, where talented people from New Orleans can say, there's a place at home where people can help and, and help us uh, develop our art and put ourselves on a flat platform for the world to see. So that's why I like being here. Beautiful mission. She's over there. Oh, somebody had a hand up. Oh, hey. Hi, my name is Soraya. Um, I just listened to y'all conversation. I'm like in love with y'all right now. <laughs> but my question is, having an artist as unique as Tank is, how do you how do you try to brand her when it comes to an industry perspective? Like, you don't. She's some. Obviously, she's not someone you can put in a box and say she does this, she does this. But when it's when you here taking the bangles, what do you what is the image you try to portray to people who don't know who she is? I don't try to brand her. That's how. 
she is who she is. Um, going back to like when we first met, um, people tried to like work with Tank before I came along, but they all had this thing that they wanted her to do. Oh, we want you to do jazz songs. Uh, we want you to do it here and there. But she liked poetry, and that's what she wanted to do. So let's make a poetry album. And as she grew in her career, the music she was she she could always sing. So the music came along. Like I think that's what's special about her that she likes jazz. She likes rock. She likes uh, trap. <laughs> and um, if if I try to put that in a box, then I'm minimizing who she is as a person. And I would never want to do that. And I hope. I would hope other people wouldn't want to either. Well, you do a lot of talking about how special your artist is, but I, I have to say what you're talking about is special from a management standpoint. Thank Understanding you. that you can take your artist, and there isn't, I don't believe in the idea of branding an artist. Yeah, like, I think the artist is the brand. Right. Right? It's, it's the, the tail can't wag the dog. You've got an artist, <laughs> and that artist is the brand, and what brand means is trust. And so we can we trust, we know what we're going to get when we go see Tank, when we listen to her music, we know what we're going to get because we trust it. Right. That's the brand. So we understand same, that. The same way I feel. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's really beautiful. I'm sorry, we, we, I skipped you a second ago. Hi, my name is David. Um, I just want to say thank y'all for being here. And um, also, y'all are extremely inspiring. I'm in a room full of artists. I'm sure y'all inspire all of us to be more creative and just to think outside the box and do different things. Thank you for Aside from that, um, at what point did you know you needed the bangers? You know what I'm saying? At what point I don't need did nobody. you know <laughs> Need is a strong word. Like, at what point did you, did you think? Ooh, early. Early? Early. I was, um, I literally. First of all, we also are um, huge believers in speaking exactly what you want into existence, singing in your mind, and going for it, and that it, it will be yours, you know, pretty much. And if it's not yours, then something down the line that, you know, is gonna be yours, whatever. Um, I kept telling her, before any of this ever happened, man, I want an album. Man, I want a band. I want a band, man. And then before I knew it, that's exactly what I had. Um, two dudes came into our lives, um, the Black Star Bangers. They played bass and guitar, and that's who I did my first album release with. And as time passed on, those two members went away, and that's how we got the name Tank and the Bangers. And, but um, I didn't know anything about music too much at all. You know, um, he was like, you need to get this bass player. I'm like, I don't need no bass, I just want the guitar. And um, but because everybody know the guitar just sounds so pretty, but um, like oh that bass hold it down. But as you learn more about it, you see you know what you want, and um, of course we see the award shows and we hear this big awesome sound. But the people that changed my life about bands and music, I think I went to uh, which college was it? Was it uh, Tulane? Tulane. Okay, ten. I'm sorry. 
It is what it is. Tulane had Timothy Bloom, Janelle Monet, and the band Fun for $10. And it was the most amazing concert I had ever seen in my life. And the next year, Fun was number one on the billboards. So that's when I knew for sure I gotta have a band. Yeah. That's great, great question. Raven, part two. You were talking about staying in New Orleans because the, the industry here, the music industry here is kind of organized. What, would you, what do you think New Orleans are a music industry needs as an organization, and what would you like to like, specifically see here for the industry in New Orleans? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, yeah, like artists joining a musician union would be good. Mm -hmm. um, but. I think a more togetherness needs to be here. Everybody, like a lot of artists be like, I'm leaving to go, you know, make it big. But you can stay right here and make it big. Um, if artists, I think if the community was more on the same page of things and not looking at it like a competition, um, it would do much, the camaraderie, it would, it would be a much better industry. Um, be a stronger was, scene. It would be a better scene. Yeah. More yeah. supportive, more people coming up, more yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. More circulation. I think because there's a, a bunch of talent in here. Yeah. So, um, and just like on a business aspect of things, I meet a lot of artists that to me in 2018 should know about um, publishing and um, BMI or ASCAP or, you know, whoever. Um, know stuff about about like like the union, what opportunities are out there. A lot of artists don't realize that they can make money by doing more than just performing. Um, just more classes for the artists here. Uh, you know, development, knowing what that is, what that entails. Understanding their power. Yeah. Artists, artists have all the power, and they're the ones who are treated as if they have no power. Yes. Especially in yes. New Orleans. And we Especially have in so this town. much. I That's think it's right. because the talent is right on the streets, literally mm -hmm. tap dancing right. or playing a saxophone right on the street for free. Yeah, we have so hot it's and like, cold why should I pay anything right. when it's the talent is mm -hmm. in abundance and it's everywhere? Like, yeah. if our artists truly knew their worth, mm -hmm. um, people come here for us and food. Yeah. The end. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if we know that our, our worth more, then I think that. Um, we can make definitely more of an uh, impact and make the city truly, I don't know, pay them what they deserve. And mm -hmm. I don't even mean just in money. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I think, you know, a lot of artists too, they like don't really practice having patience. Um, Cause I, I get a lot of emails from people like starting off with like, hey, um, I would like you to manage me. Cause I want to, you know, do what Tanking the Bangers is doing. And, not like willing to pull out the sacrifice to get there too. Just thinking like, hey, I'm doing this song and my song sound good to me. And yeah, I'm about to be out there, <laughs> you know? But I mean, Tank, this is our eighth year doing this together. Yeah, I was gonna say this is eight years, yeah, like this like, month, right? Yeah, like yeah. patience is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And I think the lack of knowledge allows them, people not to have patience because they think, hey, I could just do this, and then boom, I'm here. But it, it takes a lot of hard work. Very good. That's that's great. Great observation. 
Yes. So I know you have a lot of really big things coming up. I saw you on Coachella, which is Thank awesome. you, Coachella. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. I was just curious, like, what your next steps are. Like, what are you trying to, are you kind of just, like, going for, like, a ride right now? Are you, or do you have certain steps to, like, kind of improve and keep growing? Everything kind of feels like it's been a ride and steps. Every year, even since we've been doing it, even, you know, when we were struggling even more so, it felt like, you know, steps. Like, this is this, this is this, next year. And I've, I'm literally preparing my head because I know it's going up. At one point, it's going to go down. It's going to go up again. It's going to twist around because that's just what life do. But um, this year, just planning on doing all these uh, festivals, creating a bigger stage show. And what's really important to me is, like, putting out a new album has been like a very long time. But it's a perfect time to put it out because nobody didn't even really know us before. So if I was running around here with like six albums and y'all don't even know me, like what's the point? So we've got uh, a lot of uh, fans and love to know and appreciate this uh, Think Tank album. And um, and then we're gonna put out the new one. And uh, but we, you know, we have at least a, a following now that, so, the next album is next, and getting ready for all these festivals and whatever else Tavia have planned for me. <laughs> well, that that sounds like a ride and steps, which is you know something that feels like a ride and steps to me sounds like momentum and strategy, right? You you've got a strategy, you know what's right to say yes to, you know what's what's wrong and what to say no to. You know the idea is that it's not random acts. Right. Right. It's, yeah. it's 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 strategic, not not just random acts of of improvement, and that's 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 how it feels. It feels like a ride with steps, which is awesome. That's a great thing to say. <laughs> step riding. Step riding. Step, step riding. Oh lord, yeah, that's, that's a horrible yeah. word. You just coined a, coined a phrase. I did not. You that's your phrase. No, I think you did. It's like a ride and step steps. Ride. I heard you do it. Yes, Jordan. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have another question. It's about like your creative process again. I know I keep on like, like honing in on that, but like I'm just so like enamored by your spirit. So like, I feel like somebody like you like writing is like kind of like like a mystic, like almost like alchemy, like type process. So, like I want to know like what what inspires you to write? How do you know when you hit something that is like special to you? How do you not let people sway you from your creative process? Like what what type of stuff like goes into? I give it over. Here you go again. Um, honestly, it's gonna be. I'm gonna tell you something that that has helped me and that has literally led my writing process throughout my life. And it's something that people try to say is a negative thing. I be in my feelings. People say, "Get out your feelings. Get out your heart." No, you don't have to do that. Um, of course, you can. Um, Organize your feelings a little better. People like to act, oh, I'm only human, but that's actually the most powerful part about you, that you're actually human, that um, you have this control and this power over this, this, this Christmas tree that you are. And, um, and um, I, I've been led by my feelings a lot, whether I was happy or sad or you know, feeling some type of way about some guy. Like, I'm just gonna write about it. I'm gonna write about everything because um, I'll go back and look at it and I'll either cry or laugh. And the good part about it is I could laugh mostly about some of the things that I've written about before. So um, that's, that's my key. I'm just, I just, when I'm in it, that's when I write, when I'm, when I'm in my heart, for real.
Okay. That's beautiful. Um, yes. I think you just gave us our big finish. I think we're, we're, we're about it. Unless we have any pressing questions at the end. Oh, sorry, you're pointing at somebody. Yes. She's going to get back at you in two We're going to have a workshop on that. We're going to have a workshop on that on Wednesday, actually. So. She actually used to have to switch hats to talk to me. Yeah. She's like, all right, I'm putting on a manager hat. All right, this the friend hat. You know, and I would literally say, I need my friend right now. I don't want a manager right now. You know, and, uh, and at one point it was really hard for, you know, her to have a conversation without talking business or something like that. But we've got it um, down um, pretty, we got it down pretty good now. I do know that since we're on this new journey together, it's going to be a lot of challenges. It's gonna be, it's gonna be things that we've never come across before. And um, I think you all know always leave with your heart and your mind, spirit, and literally take me to the corner and have that conversation with me like friends do. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are a beautiful team. I'm sorry, Kyle, did you cut? Yeah, we... Um, hey, 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 hey. We, we, we've had these big blow-up moments where I don't agree, but I don't really try to t mess with her creativity. Um, but if I see things that I think I should speak about, I do it in a respectful way. Like, you want to maintain your respect. Um, when I get extremely upset, I walk out of a room. Uh, Tank used to laugh at me a lot about that. Uh, but I think um, the most important part about this is not necessarily the business we have. But since we were friends before we went into business, I care about her as a person, and I care about her well-being. And I am a person that, um, you know, I would rather my friendship more than the business. So I'm able to keep that like ahead of it. And if it ever came to a point where it's like just too extreme or we're not working together, I am, I think I'm mature enough to say like, this is more important to me. And if this is what's for the best of you or myself, um, you know, you make the decision that's accordingly. That's great. I was starting to say, as a, as a, a way of saying goodbye, that um, you guys are a great team. You seem like you uh, complement each other really well. Your respect for what Tank does and your and your treatment of her in that with with kindness and respect and um, the idea that you keep yourself self being the operative word in check, but you do the work. Um, the fact that Tank is available, keeps herself available, keeps herself vulnerable, and yet still will check herself when necessary, right? You guys complement each other beautifully, and I'm I, very excited to see what happens this year. I know last year was great for you. Oh, hell, great. It was an amazing year. I think this year is going to be even better. You just so, came from Israel, y'all. Like, starting yeah. with being here at Loyola. So thank you very much. Thank y'all. EQ&A is brought to you by Loyola University New Orleans and the Scavengers Network. 
As the owner of the Scavengers Network, I am so unbelievably thrilled to have this podcast here on the network to help spread the wonderful messages that the students of this school are getting to the rest of the world. So thank you so much for joining us here on EQ&A. From Loyola University, New Orleans, this is Colin Parker, and we'll see you next week.